Hello and welcome to the Van Foodster Podcast. I am your host, Richard Wallach, covering the food scene in and around the Vancouver area, across Canada and beyond. This is episode 49 of the Van Foodster podcast. In this week's episode, I feature my recent visit to the Okanagan featuring Row 14 Restaurant in Coston, Elma Pizzeria Trato in Wayne and Frida in Penticton, Bright Jenny Coffee and Sprout Bakery in Kelowna. I then feature an interview with pastry chef Gazelle Parr. I then talk about some upcoming tasting plates events in Langley and the West End. And lastly, I talk about the Vancouver Slider Challenge and the Vancouver Ice Summer Drink Challenge. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Van Foodster, as well as to visit VancouverFoodster.com for everything food in Vancouver and beyond. We'll get on with this week's episode. I was just recently in Okanagan. I usually do this every summer, although last year with the pandemic, I did not go. So it's been about two years since my last visit. And uh, Row 14 Restaurant, I have been wanting to go there since before they opened. Ever since I heard the project that uh, Chef Derek Gray was involved in this uh in this restaurant opening in Coston at Clippers Organics, I have wanted to go. And then, you know, when you live through other people's Instagram posts, that's, that was like all of last summer. I was living through everybody's Instagram posts going, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. And it's just kind of hard to get there. It's like, not that it's hard to get there. It's about a four-hour drive from Vancouver. You head out east and you take Highway through, uh, sorry, Highway 3 through the uh, Fraser Canyon and uh, you end up in Coston, and it's a beautiful, beautiful area. Uh, the restaurant is located uh, at Clippers Organics. Now, so Clippers Organics is a, a farm that's been around for a while, uh, owned by the Clipperstein family, and um, they have built themselves a gorgeous restaurant on site on the farm, and it's co-owned by uh, Chef Derek Gray. He was previously at Savio Volpe in Vancouver, and uh, he is running the restaurant with the, the Clippers Organics uh, the owner's there, and it is gorgeous. They have done a beautiful job, and then they have the um, the cidery is sort of like right next to them. There's a little gift shop. You can buy some stuff there. But uh, So uh, if you go for dinner, the dinner menu is quite much more evolved. They have a tasting menu. They have a lot more going on, and I just could not make it work. I was trying to figure out how I could get there for dinner, but because I had a couple other dinners um, in Penticton and, and limited time, I wasn't able to do it. So I got there for lunch, and I'm very happy we got there for lunch. And it's a beautiful restaurant, and uh, we got to enjoy some delicious food. So um, you've got Chef Derek Gray there. You've got Chef Jacob uh, Evans, and he uh, he had previously been at Nemesis in Vancouver. So uh, they always they all have Vancouver connections, and um, it was great to chat with them and uh, and try some of their food. So uh, food wise, we had the whole wheat farmer's bread with smoked butter, sea salt, and black pepper. So it's just great having you know always butters. I love bread first of all, but um, Different kinds of butter, smoked butter. It was, it was very tasty. Had the beets with cherries and walnuts dish. That was great. And it was a really interesting one. It was called zucchini bread. And it was literally zucchini bread, but it was not like your zucchini bread when you go to a bakery. It was done totally different than that. And it was topped with a caponetta. That was a delicious dish. Also had their pedron peppers with sea salt. Loved that one. 
and a potato gnocchi with the first of the season Clippers organic tomatoes and whipped ricotta. That was a beautiful dish. We had a dry-aged burger with potato salad. So just kind of like what you think is simple is not simple. It was very, very tasty. That meat was very, very good. And so was the whole burger and the potato salad. And I'm not one for using her potato salad, but actually I loved it. And um, then we have Chef Gazelle Pear. And she is the pastry chef there uh, working at Real 14 with a Vancouver connection, which I will talk about momentarily. Uh, so we had for dessert a peach leaf panna cotta with local Clippers Organics peaches, first of season peaches, graham cracker, crumble, and hazelnuts, and it was divine. Just totally different than what you think. And there were actually two desserts on offer. We were really full. So as much as I would normally have both, I mean, I was like, I'm full, and I, I have, I'm having coffee in like two hours. I have to have room. <laughs> so... I chose what I would normally not choose. So normally, of course, I would go for the chocolate because like that was like the number one thing. And I looked at them like chocolate always. But because we were at the farm and there were these peaches and I knew the peaches were in season, I think we're not going to go chocolate. We're going to do something totally different. We'll go peach leaf panna cotta with local peaches. And we, why not, right? It was incredible. Uh, so we left uh, we left uh, Costin and we headed up to Penticton. Uh, we actually didn't stay in Penticton, we stayed in Kelowna, so it was a bit of a trek on a drive that day, but uh, we went to Penticton, we had some coffee at uh, Wayne and Frida, which I will talk about in a, again in a minute. Uh, so Wayne and Frida is a coffee a cafe in uh, Penticton, headed off to our hotel in, uh, in Kelowna, rested for a little bit, and then it headed back to Penticton for dinner at Elma. Now this is another restaurant I have been wanting to go to for ages. Ever since, well, pretty much, I guess I, I saw them under construction two years ago when I was there. And I was thinking, okay, I wonder what's opening here. This looks really interesting. And then last summer when I wasn't traveling and others were, I saw one of my friends had eaten at, um, at Elma. And he was raving about it. It's like, oh my God, it's like the best restaurant, Turkish cuisine. It looks, it's all incredible. And I was like, from that moment on, I follow them on Instagram and I'm watching everything they're doing. And Chef Derek um, Ingram is part of this. He is he is leading the kitchen there, uh, sure, uh, creating Turkish cuisine. So we finally visited. I was so happy to finally visit for dinner there. And um, really, really interesting restaurant. Uh, first of all, it's beautiful. It's like the most beautiful restaurant in Penticton, period. So uh, it's two levels. It's sitting right on the lakefront. Uh, they built it from scratch. Um, the owners really took care in building this restaurant. You can see, you know, we sat upstairs on the patio, outside of the patio, but it's a beautiful, beautiful room. And so um, with COVID, what they've learned is not to pack the restaurant, unlike the place next door, which was overflowing with people in COVID. I was like, I looked at that thinking, I wouldn't eat there. Like, it was like so unsafe, just even though, you know, the new rules have come in and all that kind of stuff. That one, that place next door to them was like overpowered. Anyways, so they've learned from that and they're like, we don't want a crowded restaurant. We want people to really enjoy their experience here. So we have less tables. We have less seats available per night for dinner. And we really want people to enjoy the experience and not feel rushed and not feel like they have people sitting so close to them where they can't breathe. So kudos to the owners for this because I think they've done a fantastic job. They've really recognized it on how people should enjoy their experience and don't you know don't rush people when they have a reservation and say you kind of have some restaurants kind of push you along to leave they don't do that which is great i really love that so uh it's basically elevated turkish cuisine it's not like the turkish cuisine you might find at some of these places out on kingsway in vancouver totally different um they've just done a great job so chef derek 
Ingram is behind it. He is uh, leading the kitchen. He's got some amazing dishes. He's not Turkish himself, but he's sure picked up the craft. Um, the owners are Turkish, and um, they're serving up some amazing uh, ingredients and spices and everything was just really good. So started off with a charcoal grilled halloumi uh, with squash jam, spice honey served with their Elmo bread. That was really, really good. Also had the smoked mushroom dumplings. Now, and I would have actually never picked this, but our server, Ebony, was incredible. So she was super passionate. Passionate. She really knew her stuff. And she and I said, like, give me suggestions. And she said the smoked mushroom dumplings. So we went with it. And I'm so happy we did. It was a beautiful dish, first of all, with walnuts, red pepper, yogurt, paprika butter, and tulum cheese. Uh, we also had this dish called a zucchini uh, with Turkish spices and Aleppo aioli on a bed of chili oil uh, that was also really good and then uh, they're known for their pies you know my friends have been talking about this for a while that their pies are incredible and you know you can get pies around and i had a, a pie recently out in new westminster at honore and it was it was very good but this is totally different this is like exactly like you'd find in turkey in a high-end restaurant so they've done a really good job with this they have about four different four different pies on or maybe there's a special on so they have five every night uh, we had the mushroom and leek pie with Turkish cheese, kale, bechamel, and preserved lemon. It was very, very good. Of course, we were totally full after our meal. So we took um, half of it to go and had it the next day for brunch. And it was really, really good. Um, we also had the stuffed eggplant. And this was a, also an amazing dish. So this was one that I wasn't going to pick originally because I have so many eggplant dishes at all these restaurants the last little while. So I thought, we'll try something else. But anyway, we didn't. <laughs> we had the stuffed eggplant. That's another one of Ebony's suggestions. She knows her stuff. Try to get her as her server when you go to this restaurant. Uh, stuffed with uh, tomato rice pilaf, orzo, mushroom ragu, roasted garlic yogurt, puff grains, roasted red pepper sauce, and served with Turkish bread. So that was very good. And then for dessert, we had a semolina cake with local rhubarb and orange blossom. This was also phenomenal. That orange blossom, like really, I've, I've had this before in different things, and it's, this was really good. The cake was moist. It was, the whole thing was delicious. Owners are Mike and Elise uh, Barlook, and they've done a great job. Like just, I mean, talking about service. It was impeccable service the whole night long. Food was phenomenal. It was a very hot night. I felt like maybe people wouldn't, in the Okanagan might say it's not that hot because I guess they've had some hotter days this summer, but it was 36 degrees on that patio. I was boiling. And, uh, but you know, the food was amazing. So we had a great experience there. So, um, uh, that was one night. And then, um, the next night we were at Pizzeria Trato. Now, of course, this is another Vancouver connection. I think it's like the Okanagan has these Vancouver connections. So, um, it's actually owned by, um, a local partner here in, uh, in, uh, Penticton. Also the, uh, Via Tavere, uh, group in Vancouver also own this restaurant together. So uh, this is, but it's very different than Via Tavere. Uh, the feel is very different and the menu is very different. Um, not very different, partially different, let's say that. But the crust is, is really good. So the crust at Tavere is also one of my favorite crusts in the city. Um, but this is really, really good. So um, we have the burrata bomb to start. It's basically burrata. You've got prosciutto. And I mean, it's just, it's a great dish to share, first of all. Had the meatballs and focaccia, another good sharing dish. Um, then we had three pizzas, but my favorite of the three pizzas was ricotta and rocket pizza. Wow, was that ever good. Um, with a spiced olive oil base, topped with fior de latte, ricotta, olives, onions, arugula, and dates. So you've got this like interesting flavor kind of going on. Sweet and spicy, the dates, I mean, the dates, the onions, it was just 
It was really good. And I actually really hope, maybe, I will suggest to Via Tavere to put a special on the menu and make, make this. Make the same pizza I had there so then I don't have to go as far as going to Penticton. I could actually have it here in Vancouver. But anyways, that is my dream. Um, otherwise, otherwise, we had the sausage and smoked pizza. Also very good. Sausage. Uh, it was had a smoked cavicalo um, cheese that was also really good. And then the Okanagan Garden pizza. So this one, although the ingredients made sense because they were local ingredients, um, it was a vegan pizza. And I don't know, it just, this did not resonate with me. I just found that it, it was kind of, not that I was missing anything. I think if you're vegan and you can't have the cheese and all that stuff, then this is, this is perfect for you. They've got, a, it was a, a vegan cheese and it was, I think it was from Black Sheep. Um, locally in Port Moody, I believe that's where the cheese is from. So it was good, but I just didn't have the the Zoom, or I guess you'd say is the other pizzas did. So the ricotta, obviously the ricotta rocket was my favorite, but if I couldn't eat cheese, then this would have been a great choice, Okanagan Garden Pizza. But that I can eat cheese, you know, I'll look the other way. Anyway, uh, for dessert, we had the limoncello tiramisu and also a sour cherry granita. So another great restaurant. They have a patio there. They've got a beautiful wine collection. So they've got wine is the star of the room. It's like on racks in the middle of the room. You don't usually see this very often unless you walk into a, a liquor store. But this is actually right there. So it's smart in a way because if you go there and you want some wine and you it, and it's not Okanagan wine, you want some wine from Italy and you have no idea what to get, you could actually look at the wines that are sitting in the middle of the restaurant and then decide which one you want to get. So um, I did not do wine this time around because I was I was actually driving uh, that day, so uh, no wine for me. And in Kelowna, visit a couple cafes. Um, so Bright Jenny Coffee. Um, so this is one I never heard of. And so we thought, hmm, never heard of it before. So then chatting with the uh, barista, we found out that it used to be a different coffee company. It used to be called Canoe. Now, Canoe, I knew. I actually had been to Canoe in Kelowna a couple years back. So I guess there's some trademark situation. Canoe had to change their name. They had a whole social media contest to uh, choose the new name for their cafe. And apparently, it was very, very successful. And from that, um, they changed the name. And uh, the owner, you know, the owners are... Uh, Jenny and her husband own it. So the rest of the coffee company is called Bright Jenny Coffee. They roast all their coffee right there on premise. Um, and it's like in a different kind of area. Like we followed Google to find the place and um, it was not downtown. It was like in an industrial area. Very cool. Something I would find in Los Angeles or, you know, if I was trekking somewhere in the U.S., I go like some industrial area and you find some really cool cafe. And this is it. The cool cafe is located in Kelowna. And I can't wait to go back. First of all, their coffee was phenomenal. I had an espresso tonic. You tasted the flavor of that coffee. It was so good. Um, they also do their own baking in-house. In I had a, a cheese and onion scone, which was very good. Uh, Larry had, the, uh, had a chocolate chip cookie, and he loved it. Um, it was just everything there was really good. No air conditioning, so that was the only, only drawback of this super hot day. But, you know, they have tons of seating outside, and um, it just... I think they've done a great job there. So um, apparently they do, I guess they do some wholesaling around to other coffee companies in the area and they have retail bags available. So um, maybe one day they'll open in Vancouver. We can always dream about that. But anyways, great place to go. If you're heading to Kelowna, head over to Bright Jenny Coffee. Um, and then, you know, I have to thank um, Chef Derek Ingram for this because uh, when I asked him, like, where should I go for coffee? 
in Kelowna, his two choices was Bright Jenny Coffee and then Sprout Bakery. And both I hadn't I hadn't heard of, of course, of Bright Jenny before. Sprout I had heard of, but I've never been there. So, um, you know, kudos to him for, for those suggestions because they were it worked out really well. And then the other one, we headed over to Sprout Bakery. It's a huge bakery, first of all. I knew about it, but I actually didn't know how big it was. It was enormous. It turns out it's actually right down the street from a hotel I stayed at three years ago. So uh, the Delta... Okanagan Resort in Kelowna. I stayed there three years ago, and at that time, I mean, there were things around it, but there weren't any really cool cafes. Uh, but now, I don't know when Sprout must have opened up in the during the pandemic. It was probably last summer or earlier, a little bit earlier than that. But uh, these guys are doing a great job. It's like a full-on production bakery, and uh, they're baking like a storm. So um, we just uh, as we were super full, like usual. Um, we just picked up a loaf of uh, focaccia bread and took it home to Vancouver and enjoyed it here um, but uh, they also had a brand of social coffee I believe that they're roasting it there too um, it looked like they were coffee roasting there too I'm not sure but uh, there's a lot going on there and then uh, back to um, back to Penticton this cafe Wayne and Frida which we actually returned to the next day for an ice or kind of another super hot place that wasn't air conditioned but um, they told me that they uh, they have been roasting their coffee in Kelowna and they were building themselves a new coffee roastery in downtown Penticton. So it seems like coffee has boomed in the Okanagan ever since, you know, two years ago since I've been there. So, you know, before it was all about wine and, and now actually it's all about wine. It's all about beer. Kelowna has so, sorry, Penticton has so many breweries. Um, and now distilleries are opening up all over the place. And, um, and then coffee. So coffee, which has been huge in the Vancouver area for quite some time it seems like now the Okanagan is like really rocking it on the coffee scene so kudos to them because I really really enjoyed that uh, so um, that was my trip to the Okanagan a very fast trip this time I usually do about four days I did two days this time around I actually will be heading back there um, sometime uh, in the early fall so uh, that time I'll spend a bit more time um, in some of the places and get to know a bit more about the scene that's happening there um, I recently had the pleasure to meet Chef Gazelle Par at Row 14 Restaurant in Coston. Uh, this summer, she has taken a hiatus from her role as head chocolatier at East Van Roasters in Vancouver to work with the Row 14 team while living on the Clippers Organics Farm in Coston. This is what can often happen to me. We have so many talented people working in the culinary space in Vancouver, yet I often end up meeting them outside of Vancouver in my travels. But this is what happens when you're uh, in your busy Vancouver and you're heading out of the city. So... Uh, I had a chance to, to interview Chef Gazelle, so take here have a listen to my interview with Chef Gazelle Parr. Uh, what is it that you've always loved about being a pastry chef? Oh, um, I don't know. I guess it started when I was young. Um, I think I just always loved doing nice things for people and bringing joy to people. Um, and just seeing the reactions when they eat something that's delicious. So I think that's why most people cook is to, you know, bring joy to others. Okay. What excites <laughs> you when you read a menu at restaurants you dine at? What excites me when I eat at a restaurant so or about the a, menu? You read the menu at, at a restaurant you're eating at. Um, I think I look for big flavors. I like old flavors. Um, I like simple things as well. 
like simple, clean, um, strong flavors, not too complicated, seasonal, and like a, a cohesive menu, something that isn't all over the place or too eclectic. Okay. What's your inspiration for the desserts you create? Oh goodness, my inspiration? Everything. Um, I've had the good fortune to travel a lot in my past life. Um, so my travels, the cookbooks I read, the Instagram accounts I follow, um, my family, my culture, everything. I draw inspiration from everything. <laughs> Can you tell my listeners about Hazel Bakery? Hazel Baking. Um, it started three years, three or four years ago. Um, I just noticed that when people buy desserts or, or when people are looking for desserts or talking about desserts or making desserts, especially in restaurants, I found that there was um, a lot of it has to do with just presentation, just eating with your eyes and not a lot goes into researching what ingredients are being used. Um, and that didn't sit well with me because I want to eat clean food and I don't want to eat a lot of food coloring or a lot of refined sugars. Um, so I started Hazel kind of out of like things that I want to eat. Like I really like comfort foods and I really like desserts and cakes. Um, so I just wanted to make something that was made with better ingredients better for consumption and better for the planet overall. Um, yeah, kind of stems from there. Okay. What is your favorite? I just wanted more of like a, okay. an, an honest, yeah, I just wanted a more honest product. Okay. What, what is your favorite dessert to make personally? My favorite dessert to make personally. Oh, goodness. If, if I'm making it for myself or I'm making it for others? Well, let's say a dinner party or yourself. Oh, gosh. Okay, if I'm making it for myself, it's peanut butter cookies. That's all I want to eat. <laughs> okay. Wow. That's great. Simple. A really good, chewy, intensely peanut butter cookie. Yeah, but I stay away from peanut butter. Um, in production just because yeah, right. there's so many allergies. Right. Yeah. Uh, but for others, uh, I love baking cakes. I love, I love everything. I love making the chocolate. As you know, I'm the chocolatier at East Van Roasters as well. So uh, everything. I love everything about my job and every medium. So okay. seasonality, fruits, chocolate, nuts. I love it all. Okay. Well, can I yeah. that in a second? So what's it like to be working at row 14 this summer and to be able to harvest most of the ingredients from the Clippers organic farm to use in your desserts? It's unbelievable. <laughs> I don't think I've so few chefs and pastry chefs have such an opportunity. And I was a little afraid to come and live on a farm, uh, just being so remote and out of the city, but being here, uh, seeing how the fruit grows, learning about the plants, um, working with the farmers, getting to taste the fruit that is right off the vine or right off the tree. 
it's really special and I'm not taking it for granted at all. It's I'm, I'm loving it every minute. What excites you when you read a new cookbook? <laughs> uh, I guess I like to see people's creativity and, and yeah, how they're bringing it to the book and how they're expressing themselves. Um, if there's, you know, new information that I've never thought of before and that can spark creativity in myself, or if I could try to find a way to use it differently or yeah, whatever inspires. Uh, when I ate at uh, row 14, uh, I guess a week and a half ago or so, um, I had a wonderful dessert that you made and it was called, it was a peach leaf panna cotta. Can you explain that again? What is peach leaf and how does that work in a dessert like that? Peach leaf is just the leaves from the peach tree. And I, I honestly don't know where I read it or saw it. Maybe it was Alice Waters um, from Chez Panisse because she's such an advocate for, you know, farm to table seasonality and all of that. Um, so it's possible I got it from her, but you just steep it. It has this incredible almond extract flavor uh, that I had no, I never would have known. And a lot of, even the Klippensteins didn't know that you could flavor things with peach leaf. So I was happy to bring that to their attention. Um, and you just steep it like vanilla hmm. and just flavor the cream with it and you strain it out and afterwards. Yeah. Wonderful dessert. <laughs> it was great. Thank you. I'm really yeah. glad you enjoyed it. it was so interesting. So different. Cause I've never, I didn't ever do I'm like peach leaf. Okay, great. What do you, how do you, how do you put that in a, a dessert? What you've yeah, made it yeah. It's great. Yeah, um, what, is it, what is it that excites you when you are working and creating using chocolate? What excites me when I'm working and creating using chocolate? The chocolate itself, to be honest. Have you ever tried East Van Roaster's chocolate? I have. Yes, I have. And it's very good. It's just, thank you. And I love um, dark chocolate. It's just amazing. It's so unique in its character. Every batch uh, changes with the seasons, just like any other ingredient. It is truly a seasonal product. Um, and you have to adapt to it every time you work with it. And one season will be different from the next, kind of like wine. You may never get the same flavor profile two years in a row. So depending on what batch of beans we get, and then depending on how our um, bean roaster is roasting for what flavor profile, it changes. Like there's many, there are many of us um, bean to bar chocolate shops and chocolate that get beans from the same farm, same year but depending on how you roast it, how you are producing the chocolate, it'll produce a very, very different flavor. Hmm. So that in itself is exciting. Knowing that the chocolates that, I, that we make at EBR, you can't replicate it anywhere in the world. It's completely unique to us. Whereas like, you know, I, I don't like the big brands, you can buy the same brand mm -hmm. and anywhere in the world and it will all taste the same. Same, for sure. 
So when they get the beans in and you're roast, cause you're roasting your beans in house, right? And then you're making your chocolate. Does heat, like Vancouver heat this summer has been extraordinary. It's been very hot, highly unusual to what most years have been. Would that, would the heat affect your chocolate production? It does, it absolutely does. Um, and our facility not totally temperature sealed so we have to work with more variables um humidity temperature how long it stays grinder uh absolutely it affects it in very in small ways um but you notice it like some batches will be thicker and challenging to work with um so it really depends uh, can you describe your role at East Van Roasters and what you do there and when you are going to return? <laughs> um, so I've been the head chocolatier. So there's there's two different chocolate roles here. There's the chocolate maker, and that's predominantly Shelly. Um, and she, she sources the beans, she roasts them and grinds them and makes the chocolate with that. Um, and then I take that chocolate and I make the confections with it. So I am the head chocolatier. I work with my colleague, Jen, and together we develop um, all the flavor profiles. We develop all the recipes, um, all the bars and confections and, and everything in between. It's a lot of fun drinking chocolates as well. Every season changes with the flavor, like change, flavor change with the season. So if it's Christmas, they'll try to come up with things that are more festive and seasonal and those kind of flavor profiles and, you know, Valentine's Mother's Day. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. But you're trying to make something that is going to be, you know, impeccable flavor and texture in one bite. So there's a lot of recipe development, which is probably the most fun. So when you return to East Van Roasters, whenever that is, um, will you be oh, adding, yeah. will you be at, will you will you be adding any new kind of ingredients that you may have discovered this summer on the farm that you might want to incorporate in your chocolate? It's interesting. It's a different clientele. Hmm. So I would I would love to. In the earlier days, I tried incorporating things like anise hyssop which is a beautiful it's kind of like a variety of mint that tastes like licorice um and i made a beautiful ganache with that with a raspberry pâte de fruit but it just it sell i think people like more simple flavors or nostalgic flavors when it comes to chocolate um maybe one day i'll i'll keep all these flavors in the repertoire and try to out but like even things like tahini are a hard sell mm. in the chocolate shop i'm not sure why i love i love tahini um but yeah it's just one of those things it's a different maybe, clientele maybe, and you, yeah, you kind of have to maybe vancouver because when i was in new york a couple of years ago i went straight for the tahini shop right so it depends right you... yeah yeah exactly right? it yeah maybe for vancouver <laughs> depends where you are uh what ingredients are you most looking forward to using in your baking cooking over the late summer months at row 14 
you know, this is probably the first time that I'm working with the seasons. And I don't even fully know what the farm has to offer. Mm. Um, so right now it's stone fruit season. So we've got, we just finished cherries and now we're working with peaches and apricots and we've got some sour plums in. Um, but then after that, I'm not really sure what's going to come in next. I'm starting to explore more desserts that feature uh, vegetables. Mm. So we'll, we'll see what my creativity yields with those. Well, that, that actually but be it's, it's been really nice just like, working. That should be quite interesting, actually, because yesterday uh, a local uh, gelato chef in Vancouver announced a series he's going to be doing with chefs, and he's hoping that he's going to be able to create some savory uh, gelatos with vegetables and things. So that you know, kind of fits along those lines of things. So that could be yeah, for sure. Could be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. I played around with a couple of things, but they're not quite there yet. Um, one thing I discovered when I was in the Okanagan is that, um, and I went and bought some peaches before I left the Okanagan, and that they were early season peaches, that they weren't actually the height of the season. How long does the season of peaches go in the Okanagan? Do you know? I think it's quite late into August, I believe, maybe early September, but there's different varieties of peaches, is what I've been learning. There's the cling stones. And the crazy thing about the Okanagan as well is there's many microclimates. I've been learning this. Mm. So just up the hill in Carameos, they have very different flavored apricots than we do here at uh, row 14. So it's super interesting. Um, so there's cling stones and then there's the free stone. So currently we have the cling stones and pastry chef don't typically like to use those because they're very inconvenient to work with you have to just cut around the, the yeah, pit right but, uh, yeah it's interesting for myself because I get to explore different ways of using the unwanted pieces mm. <laughs> it was wonderful meeting you uh, gazelle at uh, row 14 and uh, love uh, love everything that you're doing I look forward to uh, visiting you again in Vancouver at East Van Roasters once you return to the city. Uh, my tasting plates tours have returned uh, with a uh, hiatus we had during the pandemic. Uh, we are now back. Uh, things have totally improved in the scene here, obviously in Vancouver. And we are about to run a few different tours uh, over the late summer period. So uh, the first one, well actually the first one, I'll be talking about this on the next episode because that is about to launch tomorrow. So I won't actually go into details with that one yet. But the second one, but the second one is actually the first one. It sounds confusing. And the Tasting Plates series, it's going to be Tasting Plates Langley on August 22nd. It's a Sunday afternoon this time around. I'm switching things up from the Wednesday night scenario because Wednesday night works out great when we're doing it in the city in Vancouver. But outside of the city, not so great. So going to a Sunday afternoon format, it's uh, Tasting Plates Langley, Sunday, August 22nd with award-winning Banchok D. Thai and Food by Fanta. Now, both of those restaurants have participated in several of my challenges over the years, uh, over the years with Banchok and then more recently with Food by Fanta, and they win often. They win first place or second place, so they're award-winning for a reason, and very happy to have them in the starring of, in, this, um, in this event. 
uh, along with Cuban Cafe, which is recently opened in downtown Langley. We'll have a couple other eateries there. Tickets are on sale now through Eventbrite or head over to tastingplatesyvr.com. Click on the link for Tasting Plates Langley and come and join us. Uh, tickets right now are $39. Uh, that will go up to 49 after July 28th. Uh, so, you know, have some friends. If you live out in the valley or you live in Vancouver and you want to go a little, do a little exploring, if you, you know, haven't got out of the city in a while, this will give you a chance. It's a Sunday afternoon, so it's easy driving, no traffic. Uh, li little traffic, let's put it that way. And um, you can come out and join us and uh, have a walk. So basically a walking tour through downtown Langley. We're not going far. We're all going to keep in the same area. It'll be socially distanced, so not to worry. And uh, come and enjoy some delicious food. So that's Tasting Plates Langley on August 22nd. The next one will be Tasting Plates West End on September 8th in Vancouver. So this is the first one we're doing for Vancouver uh, since it's been about, um, well, it's been over a year and a half since we've done Tasting Plates events. So first one for Vancouver, Tasting Plates West End, September 8th. It's an evening event from 6 p.m. onwards. We're featuring Cafe Portrait, Davy Dosa Company, J&G Fried Chicken with a couple more eateries joining up soon. And uh, tickets are now on sale for, through Eventbrite or head over to tastingplatesyvr.com. Click on Tasting Plates West End, pick up some tickets, and come join us on September 8th. Uh, the challenges continue. The Vancouver Slider Challenge is on now through August 1st. We've got Pastinelli Restaurant in West Vancouver doing the Burnt Bison. This sounds amazing. It also looks amazing. Uh, created by Chef David Tremblay. It's a three-ounce in-house made. Bison patty with a blackberry mayo, bacon jam, and burnt shallots. So it's a great, so creative name, uh, creative obviously slider, and they've done a great job with that. So you can get that daily uh, for takeout, pickup, eat inside, sit outside, lots of different choices for you to do that. And then we've got uh, Food by Fanta in Langley doing the CM sliders. It's a three slider, kind of a trio of sliders. They've got a marinated batter chicken uh, one. They've got another one with, um, I guess it's got a pork on it and canned beef. And then there's another one there as well. So three different kind of three different uh, sliders in a row. That's offered for lunch and dinner. It's also available for takeout and delivery through Uber Eats, uh, DoorDash, Skip the Dishes. So lots of choices if you want to get that. Uh, try the CM sliders out at Food by Fanta. And lastly, uh, the Rise Eatery in Vancouver is doing a triple crown. It's a trio, another trio of sliders, uh, mini burgers with a house cured and smoked beef bacon, crispy chicken, and a pork belly served with mango slaw. That one there, though, is only available for happy hour from Tuesday to Sunday. So happy hour, 3 to 6 p.m., Tuesday to Sunday. To try the Triple Crown at Rise Eatery and uh, try all these until August 1st and then vote for your favorites or people's choice. And lastly, the Vancouver Ice Summer Drink Challenge, our annual one, is on now till August 1st. We've got uh, Bamboo. They are um, on Kingsway in Vancouver. It's like a, a Vietnamese uh, cafe that does chi desserts and, and drinks. And they've got the Hawaiian Kylie, and it's uh, created by Kylie. Hawaiian basil fresh fruit tea, and I've tried this. This was phenomenal, very refreshing. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. And um, it's got jasmine green tea, and it's just, a, just beautiful fruits. So it's a perfect ice summer drink. You want to try that. It's offered all the time. It's also available for... Delivery through Uber Eats, Skip Dishes, DoorDash, and Fanchuan. Uh, the other spot is Salted Caramel Mocha Float out at Craft Cafe in North New Westminster. Now, they won first place in my in my uh, signature coffee challenge this past uh, uh, January. So it was in, earlier this year. They had won first place in that. We'll see how they fare this time around. 
Uh, they've, it's been created by Marila and Anna. Together they created this uh, salted caramel mocha float. And it sounds incredible. It also looks incredible. So you have to take a look at this. But it's a cocoa salted caramel bean to bar chocolate. Single origin espresso from the barn, which was also in their drink last time. Whole milk, vanilla ice cream, raspberries. Really, really good. Really tasty. It's offered all the time. Uh, available for dining and takeout only. And then lastly, the refresher at Trees Cheesecake and Organic Coffee. This is available at actually all their locations in Vancouver now. Uh, it's created by Brista uh, Amigo Wang, and she did an amazing job last year with her other creation. Um, and it was, looked like a cloud if you tried that, uh, but definitely want to try this. I have not tried this yet. I am about to try this one. And it's, uh, it's a cold brew iced tea with no caffeine. So that sounds very interesting with the flavors of honeybush and peppermint. So definitely ch check that out. It's available all the time at any of the Trees Organic uh, cafes in Vancouver. So that is it for this episode. Lots coming up on my next episode. I've got some special surprises. It's going to be episode number 50 coming up next week. And it's also celebrating my 12th anniversary of my Vancouver Foodster blog. So more on that on next week's episode. Thank you for listening to this week's show. Tune into the next episode next week to hear more interviews with chef and cookbook authors as well as other features. Please tell your friends about this podcast and have them subscribe to the Van Foodster Podcast and Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, and Amazon Music to hear my weekly show covering the food scene in and outside of Vancouver.